well, how could I think of selling it without knowing, you know, who I'm selling it to? And so I want to, I, I need to get to the bottom of this. I'd like to talk to the CEO of the company. I'd like to hear more about what you're planning on doing with it. And I'd like to hear. And so he said, okay, you know, hold please. And then, you know, a couple minutes later on the phone, you know, in a very thick New York accent comes the kind of the tough guy CEO. And he says, well, you know, listen, young lady, we, we really, really need to get this domain. You know, what can we... <laughs> What are you going to give us for this domain? And I said, well, you no, know, you don't understand. I've, you know, and this is where I think I kind of, you know, I, I put a, my vision out there. It wasn't necessarily reality. And I said, well, I've got an idea and this is, I can't let it go. I'm, this is my vision. I'm, I know exactly what I want. I'm not going to, I have a whole business plan around it and I know exactly what I'm going to doing. And, and then he said, well, what is, you know, what is the bottom line? What will you take? Like, what do you, what, num- what's the number that you need? And I don't know if any of you listeners out there, hopefully you've seen Austin Powers, the movie, but the first (laughs) thing that popped into my head was, well, I couldn't take it anything less than $1 million. (laughs) Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. Here is Martin Grumberg. All right, before we jump into this episode, I'd like to encourage you, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the Habits to Goals podcast. Do us, Henry and I, a huge favor, if you could please, leave a review. And finally, if you're new to the program, you're looking for a quick resource and a great tool, just text me, us, at 33444. Again, that's 33444, and simply text four goals. That's the number four, G-O-A-L-S. So that's four goals to 33444. You'll be dialed in. You'll get the template right away. Now let's bring it back to this episode. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg, and of course, you have reached Habits to Goals. Today's guest is not only a dear friend, she is an inspiration for every, truly all entrepreneurs, and we're going to get into what that all means and what she's doing. Sarah Hardwick, thank you so thank much you. for joining me today. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. I'm enjoying our weather and um, planning on taking a beach walk at, right after this. So I'm doing <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> that is fabulous. Um, so, yeah, before we get into it too much, I think... I've I've briefed you in some form or fashion. You can either kick it off with your GTR or you can defer that and have me give it a go. Sure. Um, I, I would be happy to. Um, one one thing that I am really excited about and actually you um, help, were able to help out with personally is, um, you know, I one thing that I believe in and one of my personal values is, is really giving back and helping out um, those who are less fortunate in times of need. Oh my and so I was able to, to help out. Um, you heard about the, the recent um, flooding crisis um, de- really devastated uh, the country of Peru and um, specifically 
actually a community that you and I visited. And so um, I was able to work with one of our clients to donate 3,000 servings of Reimmune, which is actually a, a clinical strength hydration product. So we were able to get 3,000 servings and then with the help of friends and family, get that up to 5,000. So we're actually going to be sending 5,000 doses of um, this, you know, basically this supplement that's really going to help um, aid some of the um, the really sick people that are there. So I'm really excited about that. It really makes me feel great being able to do something that's meaningful and giving back. And I, I'm, you know, grateful for corporations um, that, are, that are committed to that and then also friends and family who are willing to chip in. And um, I think it's going to make a big impact. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Props to you, first <laughs> of all, for for chairing and leading that effort, um, organizing that. It was um, easy to support that, Sarah. I think that was so thoughtful and kind. I did not know, strangely enough, and I had a buddy actually in Peru trying to do the same same hike we had done toward mm-hmm. Machu Picchu which I will never forget and uh, it was it was tragic um, just to see the images so I cannot mm-hmm. imagine what those people have gone through so uh, thank you for leading that and sharing yeah. that sure. um, mine will be less heavy it was <laughs> just kind of random you know on Twitter you get notifications of people you know, will retweet your stuff, your, your tweets. Um, so I just happened to see this and it's happened a few times and I hope this wonderful lady is listening. Her name is Deborah Moore, but it turns out she's in charge of the Carolinas healthcare system or something incredible like that. So, um, Deborah, if you're listening, thank you so much. For doing that, she has yeah retweeted a few different blog posts, and um, you know Sarah, obviously the health the the healthcare industry and the habit factor uh, fit very nicely together. So, anyways, I think that's that's my GTR. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like chief of staff of the Carolinas healthcare system. Very impressive title, Deborah. Wow. So we got that out of the way. Let's 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 rewind and go back to kind of where you grew up. Where'd you go to high school? Sure. If you could, you don't mind sharing that. I no. Um, I grew up in Colorado, and I went to school at Durango High School, Durango. which is down yeah down in Southwest Colorado, um, in the Four Corners area. Small, pretty small community, um, but a beautiful, beautiful place to live. We have a, you know, ski hill and um, river rafting. And my dad's a, a forest ranger for 30 years. So I've always had the, the benefit of living in really very beautiful places. I think it's really um, kind of made me who I am. So I grew up in Durango. It's, it sounds gorgeous. Like I want to go find Durango. Yeah, you should. You should. It's a perfect place to take a vacation. What, what is the population? I believe, well, there's a college. It's Port Louis College is there also. And so I think if you add in the college, it's probably close to maybe 20,000, probably 15,000, 20,000 people. So So small. Pretty small. And that's with Mm -hmm. a college. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So then you, I'm sure you're you're an all-star student being the go-getter that you are slash (laughs) were. And uh, then you end up where in college? 
at um, the University of Denver. So you're uh, you're right. I was fortunate to get a scholarship, um, uh, and and shucks. I actually chose between two. Um, <laughs> two different majors. One, um, I had been as a hobby all through high school, been in a lot of plays and theater. And so I had one option, one path I could have taken was a full ride theater scholarship to go and work in performing arts and, you know, be an actress and do that whole path. And then the other option was to study marketing and business. <laughs> and so I ended up um, being, I guess, a more practical, making the more practical decision and um, studying marketing and business. And I still have a flair for the dramatic, as you probably know. Martin. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I knew some of that and, uh, it all fits so perfect. You, and, and, and in my mind anyways, you've totally integrated that flair mm-hmm. and that theater aspect of your character into your amazing company. So we'll, we'll end up getting to that too. So, so Great. you get a scholarship, you study business and then you're, what's your yeah. kind of first foray into the professional world? What does that look like? Yeah, well, I, um, and I actually had internships all through college. And so my first kind of foray was working, doing marketing and, and uh, public relations for a nonprofit affordable housing company. So that was, I think, really gave me a taste of, you know, as you can tell from my first story about, you know, the good things that are happening, you know, the, the importance of giving back and how good it feels to be able to get involved and to, to actually do marketing for organizations that are making the world a better place. So I had the opportunity to do that for, I think, two years during college. And then um, from there, I actually went um, on my, during my senior year, flew out to San Diego for spring break and drove straight to Mission Beach, (laughs) got out of the car, walked on the boardwalk and immediately decided that even though I did not know a soul in San Diego, that was exactly where I was going to to come back um, after I graduated. So um, I ended up spending spring break and then going back to college. And, you know, for the last couple of months of college, I didn't apply to any jobs or anything, (laughs) any opportunity. In, in Colorado, and instead, every put you know put all of my attention and focus on trying to get a job in in San Diego, and was able to to get you know flown out to t- to do an interview. And while I was here, I said, well, whether I get the job or not, I'm going to be here, so I'm finding an apartment. So I ended up um, driving out in a U-Haul with my younger brother and um, not knowing anyone, and and getting a job working for a technology marketing firm for a couple of years. And that went, that went for a couple of years. And, and that went, yeah, that went up actually till about nine 11 when uh, the bottom dropped out of the technology industry and the company went from about a hundred people down to where I was one of four people left at the agency. That was an interesting experience over, wow, you know, well, at least you made, you made the cut there for a long the, time. Yeah. Um, yes. As you can imagine, the morale was pretty low and, you know, everyone's looking over their shoulder going, Oh, who's next? And, you know, the, the positive side of that, I think was that with so few people, you know, I went from being the kind of a lower level coordinator, you know, just starting off to, I pretty much did everything. And so it gave me a lot of experience in being able to do much, much more senior level work and do really significant things that probably would have taken me a lot longer to be able to have the chance to do. So that was, that was really fortunate. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting insight. So as the ship is sinking, you you have to yeah. wear more and more hats. So you're gaining all this uh, fantastic experience, even in a significant yeah. down cycle, if you will. Yeah. Um, so then you decide. It sounds like 
And if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, please correct me, but you decide to venture out on your own at that point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I still had a full-time job, actually, and um, I was 25 at that, at that point, and I just looked around and went, you know, I think I could do this, you know, and if it isn't this, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. And so I took a leap of faith and I left, um, and I just started taking on small projects and freelance work. And I thought, well, I'll just do this until I figure out my real job. And maybe I'm going to go to LA and do PR for the movies, or maybe I'm going to do this or that. And I had all these ideas of what I thought I wanted to do. And, you know, but then one thing leads to another. And before you know it, then I took on another project and then I got another one. And then I, you know, at this, this time I'm working out of my office, my home office in my little apartment on the beach, you know, in in Ocean Beach. And then I needed, then it's like, well, this is getting awkward. I have interns and people coming here and maybe I ought to get an office. And so one thing, (laughs) you know, one thing led to another. And so without having a business plan or without having really a a vision of where, you know, being an entrepreneur, even really necessarily, I didn't leave thinking I was going to be an entrepreneur at all. It was kind of, you know, more well until I figured it out. Um, But then what, what ended up was the creation of my company. Zenzi. And, you know, since then a 10, you know, 15, almost 15 years now span of, you know, growth and lessons and and expanding and, and, um, learning. And it's been quite a ride since then. So, yeah, that's a mouthful. So we're, we're 15 years in to Zenzi communications and I mean, what a great company this is. And, and you've kind of, it was a couple of years ago where, you really, I, my feeling was this was always an underlying, underpinning theme for the company, but the discovery and the shift to truly being values based marketing, mm-hmm. can you share kind of how that was birthed, if you will, and, and, sure. and what the drivers were and the opportunity there? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so for the first 10 years of of being at Zenzi, we had the opportunity to work with a lot of big clients like Nestle and Ghirardelli Chocolate and Chiquita Banana. And what we found was um, a lot of times these companies had huge amounts of research and these deep insights about their customers that went beyond just demographics. And so it really delved into kind of the psychographics and what moves their heart and their minds and and got really deep. And what we found in, in looking back was that all of the campaigns that we had that really were huge successes that went viral, that drove sales, that were you know really, really huge for the company, they all had an element of tapping into the values of the customers and figuring out a way to, to align the values of the company with the values of the customers and speak to people in a really compelling way. And so after having that realization, I said, well, that sounds great. Well, there's got to be a tool or some sort that I can just purchase or a platform I can use to uncover values of customers. And then I want to use that, you know, for all of my clients, because not every client, you know, a lot of them were more small, smaller and medium sized companies, and they don't have these huge research budgets and they don't have access to this type of insight. So there must be a better way. And what I discovered then in that search was that there actually wasn't anything out there. And what was interesting was that there were, you know, there's been for decades and literally, you know, 40 years of psychology research and these academics studying values and and really proving how values drive consumer behavior and drive purchase behavior. But there's no connection to from this psychology research to practically applying it to a marketing campaign. 
That's incredible. Which is strange, you know? And so, yeah. So it was really out of frustration that I said, well, boy, if no one else is doing it, you know, I need to figure out, I need to build some tools and I need to to change the direction. And and I made it my mission to be the world's first values marketing agency. So that was how that was born. With specific tools to help your clients Mm -hmm. uncover slash discover these things within their client base to make your campaigns more effective. Exactly. And, exactly. and what I love about this, you know, just coming from the habit fa- factor angle or even the habits to goals angle, which is one and the same, there's a, there's a great quote. Um, I've shared this with you. I can't remember who it's attributed to, but it simply says, um, if you change your values you change your behavior and and it's it's kind of that's how significant values are as a driver for our behaviors for our choices for our decisions mm-hmm. when people value something it guides all of the above and mm-hmm. for you to tap in and be the first to say well marketing's coming at this in general from a from maybe the wrong angle, perhaps the wrong angle, mm-hmm. here's a better way. I just, I love mm-hmm. the, the innovative uh, insight there. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times for many marketers or, um, you know, even business owners, it's something that you've done instinctively. And so when you come up with a campaign or you think about what, you know, what are my customers like? It's, you know, a lot of times you're coming up with creative ideas and thinking about, well, I think they're going to like this. And, and instinctively you kind of go, you know, into that emotional place, but there's never been a way to validate that or to, you know, use data to, to, to point you in the right direction. And so that's what we're really trying to do is kind of take what you've done instinctively and either say yes or no. And then here are some tools to get, you know, to be more effective at that, the communication side really of it. Cool. And is there any, um, particular case study without, I mean, I don't know what you can or can't divulge, but, but any, anything you're able yeah. to share? Well, yeah. I mean, what we've been working in a lot of different industries, and I think what we've found um, is that a lot of the industries where um, values really is a, are, are, is a very important factor are, are industries where we're talking about purchases that are, that say something about who you are. So we've seen a lot of traction working with home builders. So as you can imagine, you know, when you think about buying a home, it's such a personal personal right. uh, statement of who you are. So do you want to live in a very um, you know rural area with good schools and churches and, you know, a lot of, you know, more of a conservative type of a feel? Or do you want to be in the middle of the city with bars and restaurants and nightlife and diversity? And so where you choose to live is a huge statement about your values. And so by marketing homes um, based on values, we can be a lot more effective than I think what a lot of builders or, you know, a lot of companies in general are doing is just speaking to everyone. And so what we're trying to do is help these builders say, well, who is our best? And, and most ideal client. Well, it's going to be someone who enjoys pleasure and and living in the moment and a diversity of experience. And then we can <laughs> right. we can market their homes, you know, in, in a much more effective way. So we've seen a lot of traction. And you know, and once you once we come up with these insights, then we're doing things like changing website copy or changing ad copy or creating you know social media campaigns. And so you know, and we've seen a lot of, of success in just ch- moving the needle on whatever. The 
those those important goals are and those benchmarks are. But really, it's just about taking a step back and thinking about why, you know, not what you're selling, but why people are buying and, and then changing, you know, your marketing message to really speak to that desire. And that we've seen huge, huge marketing success and, and tangible results across all areas of marketing by integrating that those insights. That's amazing. And again, I just I love when you're guiding you're you're guiding the client through the values filter. So this mm-hmm. is actually a question I I ask quite a bit of guests, strangely enough, and I was almost going to let it go, but now I think it's more important that I ask it. In in your opinion, why are values so important whether you define them for your person or your company? Obviously, here you are integrating it into your mm-hmm. client solution. But, but when you mm-hmm. think about values, um, what is the significance? I mean, they're 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 the who, what, when, where, and why behind every decision that we make. Um, you know, they are the filter. You know, they're the guideposts. And so, you know, if you when they're when you don't act in a way that's in alignment with your values, there's a dissonance that happens, and that's when you see a lot of dissatisfaction or you know a lot of unhappiness or you know you don't feel like you're in the right job or you don't feel like you're in the right relationship. And you know, when the the times when that dissonance happens um, is when things are you know you're ma- you're making decisions that are not in alignment with your values because your values are, are formed at such an early age. I mean, they're very much in the subconscious level. Um, so when you, when you start to act in ways that are not in alignment with your values, then it's really hard to be happy and it's really hard to feel fulfilled and it's really hard to feel um, that sense of satisfaction. So, I mean, first and foremost, understanding what your values are and knowing, wow, you know, how that impacts your behavior, even just on a personal level is really, really interesting. And then when you take it to the business level, you know, it's, it's just as important because for you, I think of it like the 80, 20 rule. So if you're a company and you focus on, you know, the 20% of customers that are your best customers that are most in aligned, um, alignment with your values, those are the customers that are going to be your advocates. And those are going to be your customers who are going to share and, and, you know, be repeat buyers. And so if you can focus on, on, if you know your company values, and then you can speak to people who share those values, it's going to make your job as a, a business owner or as a marketer so much easier because that's going to be, you know, the customer that you're going to have to work a lot less hard to be able to attract them and to, to nurture that customer. So that, that is a PhD level, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, response. Um, I do want to say I'm picking up, um, some like tapping or some banging on the desk or something. So are you? Yeah. And I don't know what that is. It's, it's not the end of the world. I'm just making you aware of it. If, if there's okay. anything going on in the background. So Mm-mm. that, that is a powerful answer, Sarah. And, and the word dissonance. So again, I've, I've asked this many times and you came at it from probably eight different angles, which is absolutely fantastic. But, but, I'm so glad I asked it now because dissonance and dissonance equals, as you said, really disharmony, which means you're not happy. And, and I know, I'm sure you're familiar with this, but this idea of integrity mm-hmm. really means, and I learned this from Covey, um, in, in many ways, it means that you are in alignment with your values. You're acting 
mm-hmm. with integrity toward your values. So the dissonance is when you're, you're broken off of that. So right. the reason I asked the question for the listener, if they haven't picked it up yet, the reason I keep bringing it up is, and I, I've shared this and I've written about this, but it's taking the time to identify your personal values is, is a game changer from my experience. And then the irony of my um, direct experience is that I, I never thought about it that way. And I, I started with my company's values and then I saw the eventual transformation of the company. And then I said, my God, what am I doing? I need to be doing this for myself. So I thank you for answering that. That was a, like I said, a PhD level answer. <laughs> you, were, you were very well versed in values. And obviously, <laughs> if you're integrating it into your client solution. So let me um, jump back because we've talked a lot of the success of, of your entrepreneurial adventure. And um, sometimes, well, a lot of times, I, I like to make sure people know there are difficult times, big, heavy challenges, things when it seems like there is no tomorrow. So, so is there any particular instance you can share where things went terribly sideways and kind of how did you pull yourself out of that? And you don't have to be totally into the details if you want to. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I think there's been many, 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 many instances (laughs) where I have felt like that. And, you know, it's, it's everything from just financial challenges to, you know, staffing challenges. I mean, there, there are so many times when you just literally will, you know, at the end of the day, feel like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. You know, you throw your hands up and go, I don't even think, I mean, that's it. I'm selling the company or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done. I've had it. And, um, and I think a lot of, when I look back, um, you know, a lot of those times are sometimes the around decisions where I've made that I haven't trusted my instinct or my intuition. Mm -hmm. And as I look back, I think I, and I, and that's exactly what you were saying about, you know, acting with integrity and and in alignment with your values. But what I have found when I look back are sometimes these situations, and it could be everything from, you know, taking on a client that I didn't have a good feeling about, or I didn't like the way, you know, he or she treated, you know, their team, or it could be taking an employee, a new employee on where, you know, I was desperate. A lot of times it happens in these moments of desperation when I think, well, I need the money or I've got to find someone to fill this position. And when I act out of desperation, but don't feel instinctively that it's the right decision, I think it always, always comes back to get me. All right. Just a quick timeout. Want to make sure you're aware that when you subscribe, that is you hit the subscribe button, you're going to get three episodes automatically delivered to you. And in some cases, wirelessly. So you'll get your mind bullet Monday, your interview on Wednesday. And of course, your frequently asked Friday, all automatically delivered when you subscribe. And on a related note, just want to make sure you realize it helps Henry and I tremendously if you're getting value to leave a quick review particularly in itunes itunes values reviews 
it weighs them very heavily and that helps the show rankings and how we can spread our message. And one more uh, quick note about our great sponsor, audible.com. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road, on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going? It's phenomenal. It's I, The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month. 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And so when I don't listen to it, I always really regret that. And so what I, I think one of the things that I've learned from that is really about when I get in those desperate situations where I feel like, you know, backed into a corner and like I don't have options, sometimes that's the time when you actually need to say, whoa, whoa, I'm just going to wait and, you know, or maybe go in a different direction than everyone else or do something different. And maybe it means even when you desperately need the money, it might mean turning down a potential client um, that would help fill that gap. Um, but, you know, having the courage to do that is, is sometimes really, really challenging when you're feeling um, that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> that is so. uh, that is powerful advice. I I reflect often on this this one quote, which is muddied waters left to stand become clear and that idea of what you said just not doing anything rather than rushing into something that doesn't feel right um yeah that's that's a great share very good advice um Mm -hmm. so the mindset because you are you're an incredible entrepreneur. You're a go-getter. You got high energy. You know where you want to go. Um, when you when you hit that super gnarly speed bump, for lack of a better word, uh-huh. how how are you? What's the mindset to pull your to to show up for to, tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I a lot of times I for me, it involves like getting a change of state. Um, and I, I, I think you, there was a question or you had you had sent over some some thoughts on like how you get through these tough days. I mean, how do you just really pull yourself together and, and make it work? And so for me, it's things like just letting like letting myself get out of that that um battling over the speed bumps and like it'll be something like even where I'll go home feeling like that I'll put the music on as loud as I possibly can I'll dance around the house you know <laughs> or I'll take a walk around the block or I'll you know just something to give me a change of state and I find you know because I think a lot and I you know sometimes can get stressed out that when I I mean I for me I really have to get myself out of the I'm just gonna keep 
charging through and I know I'll find a solution and I just have to get completely out of my head and I have to do something different. I love cooking, you know, which sounds silly. Like I love making a complicated recipe where I'm just chop, 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 um, because it just puts me in a different state in a different zone and, you know, it gives me something else to think about. And so, you know, getting to get into a better mindset for me sometimes involves like this change of perspective. And so I'll always try to do something to get through these challenging times that will give me a change of perspective or a change of state and rather than just trying to force through things. So that Mm -hmm. does seem to help me. No, that's, that's beautiful. I just, I love asking that question. A lot of times it, it sounds very similar, just said differently. And it, and it has to do with (laughs) walking the dog, going for, you know, a run, uh, but just shutting off that one aspect that is trying to drive forward. Um, and I think that allows you to, or one, I should say, to conserve energy and regroup and, and, you know, battle for, for a new day and a better mm-hmm. outcome. So I appreciate you sharing that, Sarah. And mm-hmm. now we're going to go from the really, really hard, nasty days to something a bit <laughs> magical happened in your life, but really, you know, everything's magical in a certain sense. So <laughs> I, I don't know what you can share about this, but, but <laughs> I, I find it funny too, because I think I have a hundred domain names at least, and I've had mild success, but not quite the success you have had. Um, why don't you again, share with, you know, the audience, what you can about a, a URL sale, a domain name sale. Uh, I would just, I want to get into that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great story. Um, and actually funny enough, it all happened right around one of those times, like you say, where, you know, I don't even know if I had enough money in the bank to, you know, make another month or two. And I was feeling really down about my direction and where, you know, my company is going and just feeling like I just can't get a break. <laughs> and funny enough, um, yeah, this, this all happened right around that time, which I think was good for me to think, well, you know, if, if all else fails, sometimes, you know, strange things can happen. But um, in this particular case, uh, I had come up with a uh, tagline for my company. And it kind of summed up um, what what my company did. Um, and I, um, I'm not sure. I don't think I can actually say it legally. No, no you don't um, have to say it. But, but, the, but the point um, is, it's a domain name. That you yep. had registered, right? Well, I can't. Yeah, so I came up with a tagline, and I actually trademarked it, and that was probably one of the most important things I did. In addition to registering the domain, I think I bought you know the domain for a couple thousand dollars. It was available, but I, then I also registered the trademark. Uh-huh. And um, and I had like this idea of you know it's going to be a manifesto, and I'm going to make it you know this part of you know I had all like, these visions of what I was going to do with it with my company, but uh-huh. I had had it for maybe a year or two and just never got around it, not busy, and hadn't done anything with it. And then one day I get an inquiry from a random, you know, Gmail type of an email address offering me $500 for the domain. And that just seemed, you know, no way I bought it for way more than that. So I'm not even going to, you know, honor this with a response. So I just completely deleted it and didn't think anything about it. And then, you know, a couple more days went by and they and I got another email saying, hey, well, how about, you know, 5000 
And, <laughs> and I thought, well, okay. I mean, okay, that's maybe about what I paid for it, but no, no, no. And so I just deleted that one too. And, you know, pretty soon then it comes back and it was, well, how about 30,000? Wow. So then it started, I started going, whoa. Now it's well, got your attention. It got my attention. Right. And then I'm thinking about it, you know, at this point, like I mentioned, you know, I had a lot of credit card debt and, and, you know, it was the, kind of when the, the housing market was going down and I'm looking about like my house is underwater right now. And I just, I don't, you know, this 30 grand could really help. And, um, and I thought about it and then, and I actually remember I asked my, my husband at the time, well, what do you, what do you think we should do? And he said, you know, we don't even know what's possible with this, this thing. So no, like, I think you can make more of it. And that was really great advice that, you know, you, I, I had not even scratched the surface of what was possible. And I think my vision for what I thought I could do with it was worth more than 30 grand. And so I decided not to, but, um, again, I didn't, I just kind of disregarded it. Then I didn't go back and say, no, I just kind of ignored it. And then, um, one day, maybe two or three days later, I'm sitting in my office in meetings and phone just starts ringing off and they keep saying, hey, it's that, you know, domain guy again. He keeps calling and calling. And so finally I go get the phone and he says, well, boy, this, this game you're playing, this waiting game, sure paying off because I have authorization to offer you $250,000 for this wow. domain. And so then that just floored me. And I thought, well, this is something. And I said to him, well, how could I think of selling it without knowing, you know, who I'm selling it to? And so I want to, I, I need to get to the bottom of this. I'd like to talk to the CEO of the company. I'd like to hear more about what you're planning on doing with it. And I'd like to hear. And so he said, okay, you know, hold please. And then, you know, a couple minutes later on the phone, you know, in a very thick New York accent comes the kind of the tough guy CEO. And he says, well, you know, listen, young lady, we, we really, really need to get this domain. You know, what can we <laughs> What are you going to give us for this domain? And I said, well, you no, know, you don't understand. I've, you know, and this is where I think I kind of, you know, I, I put a, my vision out there. It wasn't necessarily reality. And I said, well, I've got an idea and this is, I can't let it go. I'm, this is my vision. I'm, I know exactly what I want. I'm not going to, I have a whole business plan around it and I know exactly what I'm doing. And, and then he said, well, what is, you know, what is the bottom line? What will you take? Like, what do you, what, num what's the number that you need? And I don't know if any of you listeners out there, hopefully you've seen Austin Powers, the movie, but the first <laughs> thing that popped into my head was, well, I couldn't take it anything less than $1 million. <laughs> and I threw that number out there and there was silence on the other end of the line. Uh -huh. And then he said, well, so you're meaning to tell me that for $1 million, you'll sell the domain. And I said, well, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Whatever you say, $1 million, sure. And he says, well, my chief marketing officer is in here and my chief legal officer is also in here. We're drawing up the paperwork today. We need to get this done within 24 hours. So you're going to be signing this paperwork tonight. Get your lawyer going on this. And um, literally within 24 hours, I had signed off the signed away the domain and the trademark and I had $1 million sitting in my bank account. So that was my turn from like a, a bad going to a bad month or two to like the best year ever. And I certainly celebrated that. And it was a huge accomplishment and a once in a lifetime thing. Um, I think for me, at least it was pretty amazing. It was pretty cool. I'm just, I get, I get excited every time I hear the story. It, it is totally magical. It couldn't happen to a better person. And I think it's worth sharing often um, to inspire people. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that 
that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happened it sure to did. you. It sure did. And, and so. Just, I know. Just because I could probably spend a whole episode on this, but we're going to move on. I just so you lay down after you sign all the paperwork. What what are you thinking? Like, what do you attribute it to? <laughs> are you thinking it's because you went? And I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but it's like, is it is it because you went to church? Is it because I mean, you know, you know it was a great tagline, but I think I think part of it was it was not an intentional negotiation strategy, but the waiting and the just acting like I could care less. And really at that moment, I mean, I had nothing to lose. And so I think part of it was in that the strategy of really going at it like, you know, like there's, I have nothing to lose. I'm not going to let this stress me out. I'm not going to worry about it. If it happens, great. If not, you know, so I didn't really feel, I didn't get worried. I didn't get wrapped up in the negotiation. It just flowed very seamlessly. I think that was part of it. Um, and the other part I think that was really critical was the fact that I had trademarked it. And so that's a really important lesson for me. And I trademark everything now because had it just been the domain name, they would have just found another domain name. But the fact that I had trademarked it, I had the trademark in the category that they needed it and I had the domain and they couldn't go anywhere else. Beautiful. So the fact that it was trademark, I think mean, that's a really, I mean, it cost me what, like a thousand bucks to trademark it. So I think that a really important lesson for future for me and for others is to, if you have something that you love, that you think is special trademark it and you're using it because that was, I think that made the difference between, um, for getting that, you know, having that happen and not having that happen was the trademark for sure. Wow. So, how, how many, how many, and I understand the trademark's important, but, but in terms of just domain names, how, how many do you have, re- how many do you have registered right now? Hundreds and hundreds. Seriously? And hundreds. Yeah, I do. Hundreds and hundreds? And probably 200, 200, maybe 250. Okay, um, so Cause you- I trademark it. I mean, I, I buy everything because I know now I never know. <laughs> well, I and budget. that's why I ask because I think <laughs> in a lot of ways it's cheap real estate. And yeah. uh, I want the listener to know that, you know, if it's the right the right name and mark and URL, good things can can happen. So yeah, I you're making me feel good though because I'm just over a hundred and yeah. I'm about to invoke the Trump rule, which says for the next one I register, I have to I have to unauto renew too. Yeah. I mean, I just true. have so many. It's crazy. Yeah. I try to do that too on it. Like when they come up for renewal, I kind of go, well, you know, is that, was that, I mean, there's those late at night ones yeah. you buy. <laughs> it seems really good after two <laughs> glasses of wine. That's right. And then, yeah, a year later, you're like, what does that even mean? No, no thanks. So I, I let some go for sure too. That's super funny. I have that same experience. Um, all right. Well, we're rounding, we're probably approaching third base here and, uh, we've covered a lot of ground and I really appreciate you sharing that story. I think it's just such a uh, fun, super fun story. It's gotta be fun for you to tell. Um, how do you define success? You're, you're doing so many things. Um, I'm just curious what, what your definition of success is. I mean, is. for me personally, it's being able to do what I love. 
So it's less about, you know, financial achievement. And, you know, of course I want to be, you know, have enough to you know make ends meet. But for me, it's, you know, it's a being able to do what I love and work with a team that I love and have a really diverse life that's filled with family time and friends and laughter and travel and, you know, celebration and all those things in between. Um, and, and in addition to the business achievement. So for me, if I don't have all those things, it's really, it's not worth it. And so be, and I'm willing to work hard and I'm willing to, to sacrifice, but I want to have all of those other things. So for me, it's, it's about, you know, being able to do what I love and work that I love, and then also find, you know, create a diversity and create some integration of, of work and life. And that what is what I really feel is makes, makes me successful or define success. Beautiful. And then you knew this was coming. <laughs> uh, I, your two or three best habits that that lead you to be the success that you are. <laughs> um, well, so I picked one from a business and one from a personal. And the business standpoint, I think the, one of the most important business habits that I do, the first thing when I get to the office is actually walk around the office mm. and talk to everyone who's there, connect with people, see people's moods, um, figure out where people are frustrated, ask how I can help, you know, even just spending maybe five minutes, three to five minutes with every person. And, you know, I have a team of 10, so it takes a little bit in the morning, but, you know, going around, um, one by one and doing that every morning. And I guess it's like, we don't do the stand up, you know, meeting every morning, but it's, it's a similar because I can connect with everyone. I can see where potential problems are going to happen. And, and so for me, making that a habit is really critical from, from a, the business standpoint to make sure that everyone is motivated to succeed and to, um, to do good work that day. That's, I can kind of gauge where everyone's at. That's amazing. And I think that's, I mean, just my take on it is it's more powerful than a group meeting because mm-hmm. it's very personalized. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're digging in to each, connecting with each person one-to-one, just checking in. So that's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. And, then and not on it? business either. I mean, it might be like, oh my gosh, you just got approved for a new house, you know, or it, a lot of it's personal stuff too, or your, you know, your grandma's sick or things like that. And so it's a lot of times it's you know, understanding where they are at in a personal level is equally as important as where they're at in a business level. That's a huge tip. That's, yeah, I mean, behind every employee is a person, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the foundation and, and that's where, that's what needs to be watered. The The roots are there. And then the fruits come from the work. But uh, anyways, beautiful. All right, what else you got? And then my, my personal habit is really that I really try to prioritize is making time for myself. And one of the things that I find just because I'm busy and I want, I know there are certain things I need to get done at work is that I like caring for myself or, you know, just doing things for myself tends to fall for the, by the wayside. And so it can be anything from, you know, a quick meditation to a workout, to getting a massage, to, you know, even just like going and sitting outside in the sun for 15 minutes. Um, but those types of things, I find that when I get grouchy and when I get frustrated, you know, I'm no good to anyone and I'm not as you know productive or helpful or happy. And so without that type of self-care, if I don't prioritize and make that a habit, I'm, I'm way less productive and I'm way less successful. So for me, it's really prioritizing t- self-care and time for myself in, in um, conjunction with the other business stuff that I do. So I find that's really important. 
That is <laughs> super insightful. Um, yeah, and that's also very consistent with, with a lot of the entrepreneurs. I, I'm fortunate enough to interview. A lot of them say the very same thing. It's the sharpen the saw. Again, it's taking mm-hmm. care of themselves so they can take care of business and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Is there, you don't, you do not have to answer this. Is there a not so good habit, a bad habit that you are trying to change? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of the opposite of what I just said, which uh-huh. my, you know, the not so good habit is after I put my son to bed, I will turn the computer back on and then end up working late into the night. And then it's midnight and I'm tired the next day. And so, you know, the, the work that I can accomplish or what I do at the, you know, between nine and 12, I mean, it's really, it's not great work and it doesn't really get me anywhere. And I end up <laughs> tired and grouchy. And so the not so good habit is just thinking, well, I'm just going to open up the computer and do one more thing. And so doing that instead of prioritizing time for myself or even just relaxing, um, it's never, you know, it never, it's never productive. It's never good. So that's, (laughs) I I was kind of thinking that's my not good habit. I'm trying to not do that as much because I don't ever feel good the next day after doing that. I'm always tired and drained. I'm just thinking that staying up to midnight with a uh, (laughs) three-year-old is a recipe not for success. No, because he's up at five thirty. So <laughs> That's never, what I'm getting at. That's incredible. In. It's not like oh, you know, there's no, there's a built-in alarm clock of "Good morning, mommy." <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful day. <laughs> that is so cute. Yeah. Um, all right, we're getting very close to home here. How about your? I know how much you read, and uh, you're welcome to direct us to one, two, three of your, you know, favorite transformative books. Okay. Um, Sure. Well, I guess I'll do like an all-time classic for me and then kind of a new one that I've been reading recently that I really like. Um, For me, probably my all-time favorite book is Autobiography of a Yogi. which is about the life of Paramahansa Yogananda. (laughs) And he, we have, we're lucky to have the, the, um, self-realization fellowship here in the beautiful gardens. And it's a really a very cool story about the life of a, a really, I think tr- I would say a transformative person. And so, um, it's known, I think it's known to be like one of the favorite books of everyone from like George Harrison to Steve jobs and, um, people, you know, I remember just quote from George Harrison saying that he, you know, bought ha- carries copies of it in his car, so that he can just hand it out to people as he feels, you know, the need. And, and so that one is one of my kind of all time favorite, really, um, more kind of a spiritual type of a book. And then the one that I've been reading recently is um, from a social scientist. Her name is Breen Brown. And I don't know if you guys haven't seen her TED Talks. They're fabulous. Um, They're about courage and vulnerability and shame and worthiness. Um, And so, yeah, she has like a great TED Talk about vulnerability. And so the book that that I'm reading now, which is the number one, um, I think a New York Times bestseller is called Rising Strong. Mm. And the idea is just, you know, her first books, I think, were about living a brave life and putting yourself out there. And then this book is about, well, if you do that, you are going to fall and you are guaranteed to stumble and you're guaranteed to, you know, to fall on your face. And so this book is more about getting back up. And so I have really been enjoying it and I would encourage, you know, this book as well as some of her earlier books, I think are really, really powerful. 
Wow, those are uh, those are fantastic, and I want to I want to check them both out. Um, you are also extremely productive, and and you like your technology. Uh, I do. So I'm just I'm wondering if there's one or two either websites, apps, tech tools, gadgets, things you you can't you cannot do without. Wow. Well, I have one that's more like my favorite at the moment. Um, I mean, I have lots like I can't do without my can't do without is Evernote. And I'm sure a lot of you out there probably use that. And I mean, I don't even want to know how many thousands of Evernote notes I have, but I mean, I'll do everything from capturing, you know, I'll take photos and archive things. And I, you know, I just, I use that like it's, I mean, I use it for everything. So that's kind of my, I could not live without Evernote. Um, (laughs) But my favorite um, uh, website at the moment is more in, in my field, in my industry, which is marketing and social media. And there's a really cool platform that I've been using called Zen Posts. Mm. That's Z-E-N Posts. And basically, it's an on-demand content platform. But instead of having like writers, like marketers, write the content, they have comedians. And so they realize that there's all of these out-of-work comedians who are doing nothing <laughs> during the week. And so if you, for your brand, need something really funny, I mean, we know how hard it is to come up with funny content for social media and funny videos, and we know how important they are and how they go viral. And so you can actually send, you know, if there's something, you know, you mentioned Trump. So, you know, oh, there's something that happened with him today, then let's come up with something funny that we can joke about. And so within an hour, you can put what you want and they get, you can get back a really funny, witty, um, social media post or a video that's created by, um, by actual comedians who are, who are out of work. That's amazing. Is it? And, uh, so they'll produce fake news for us or is it just super? Well, no, it's not (laughs) fake news. It's just funny, real news, but yes, funny. That's was that, that was the humorous Martin. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say that a lot of the fake news is very funny. Um, yes, true. Fake news. I think they'll do whatever funny, whatever funny stuff. I I heard also that they are like now have poets and you know things, more heartwarming things are moving into. So I think you can kind of get a lot of different types of of styles of stuff, but. I think, you know, it'll, it's, it'll, it will be interesting whether you do it for yourself personally to come up with really cool things to, to put out there or for clients or for your company. I think it's, I've been enjoying it and I think it's kind of a favorite tool for me to get some good content quickly, which is always important. Well, thank you for sharing. I, uh, I mean, I think we all know comedy is just where it's at, right? Everybody wants to turn off their brain at least for some period of time during the day and and hopefully laugh. Uh, my question is the name sounds incongruous to their mission. You know, Zen Post doesn't sound like, you know, hilarity to me. So Yeah, well, they said that it's around when how frustrating it can be to come up, to feel like you have to come up with content, come up with good content, oh, and it's it. stressful. And so the moment when you realize you have great content is a moment of zen. So it's the happiness that you feel when you feel relieved that you have great content. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they were just stuck with a uh, domain name and had to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that Red is, Pete. uh, that sounds like a great resource. I, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, it's a good one. 
All right. Well, this has been absolutely enlightening, educational, informative. And uh, before we totally button this thing up, Sarah, is there anything you have like project-wise or something you want to promote and share, direct people to? Sure. Well, I thought one thing that might be helpful, um, you know, certainly you can visit our website, um, which is zenzi.com. Um, but you had mentioned, Martin, the importance of uncovering your personal values. Yep. And so we actually have a, a 14 question survey where people can go on there, take these 14 questions, and you can find out what your personal values are. And you can learn about what that means and how that impacts your behavior. And you can see, you know, the, in percentages, this percentage, this, and this percentage, that. Um, so that, that website is surveys.socialvalues.com. And I can send you that too. Um, yeah. but that's, um, that is, that's where you can actually go to take the, the social values survey and find out your personal values. So that might be a fun thing for anyone who's listening. That would be uh, not just fun, but extremely valuable. Um, cause I, you know, my experience tells me most people do not take the time to do a couple things, define success, what it means for them, and um, define their own values. And then, of course, order them in some sort of hierarchy. So, mm-hmm. wow, Sarah, that has uh, been terrific. Really enjoyed it. So great to uh, connect slash reconnect and I just can't thank you enough. I know that you provide tremendous value for the listeners. So with that, we will say goodbye. And uh, unless you have any final parting shot. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You were amazing. You killed it. All right, Sarah. We'll talk later. Bye. Okay. Bye. We'll see you at the next episode.